Nowadays, there's stuff, and there's stuff you don't need to know. A podcast that talks about geek and nerd culture and brings you the things that you want to hear about. What's up, know-it-alls? You got stuff you don't need to know. I'm Jay. Let's get down to it. So when I was a kid, cartoons were a big part of my life. And I'm here to tell you that cartoons aren't just for kids anymore. I mean, cartoons really have a very, very wide appeal. And today I'm going to be talking about a cartoon that my daughter Cassie discovered. So of course, she will be on the show with me today. Cassie, what are we going to be talking about today? Today, we will be talking about Dana Terrace's The Owl House. That's right. So this is a cartoon that it's on the Disney Channel right now, and you can find the first season also on Disney+. Plus. Is that... And, yes. And they will be adding the first five episodes of season two on July 21st to Disney+. Plus. It's not clear whether they'll be adding the episodes five episodes at a time, or if this is a one-time deal to get more people interested in Disney Channel, but, you know. Yeah, and... So I guess like, you know, you were the one that, you know, you were, you were watching it and I watched you watched it and I said, Hey, show me a couple of episodes. And then I kind of took it from there. So how did you hear about this show and what kind of drew you to it? Well, um, I first heard about the show because I would, I would, I would call it, um, the, the, the term with the hip kids today is a ship in law where you ship something, but people who also kind of ship that same ship ship something else. I just said ship a lot. But, um, yeah, I, um, when I was 14, I was really into Korosami, and I still go on the Korosami tags every now and again, and then I saw new people, instead of just Marceline and She-Ra, I saw this new kid, it was, um, a kid with short brown hair, and they were in a rainbow magic outfit, and I was like, wow, this has to be gay, so I looked into it, and it's from the Owl House, and then I said, hey, if it's, like, a wholesome queer cartoon, I'll watch it, and then... I watched it and it's it's so much more. I I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I could definitely see the appeal. But kind of before we get into before we get into the show itself, you know, like I kind of said up top, cartoons really aren't just for kids anymore. Why is cartoons? Why is animation? Why do you think it's an effective medium of or effective form of entertainment? Really, kind of across the ages. I think because it has. It has that wide appeal. It has, of course, younger audiences who, who just love cartoons. Like, kids watch Cartoon Network, they watch Disney Channel, and then you have people around my age who have fond memories watching stuff like Adventure Time or Legend of Korra who still kind of have that tie to um, animation, so they'll they'll be down to watch something every now and again. And of course, you have people who are, like, older, they're, they're adults, they, they might have kids, they might have like a young niece or nephew, they'll watch it to them. So really, everybody has access to animation. And I think animators and writers on animation shows know that, the wide um, accessibility of animation. So they're not just writing it for kids anymore. It's not It's not like, um, what's something? It's not like G.I. Joe, where it's really just like for young boys in the 80s to watch. Now, it's for everybody, because they know everybody's sitting down from the TV or from the computer to watch. So they figured, why not use what we have to tell a story to a wider range of audiences. Do you feel, you know, because you used to 
very much be into writing and 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 analyzing literature and things like that. Do you think that's a hard thing to do? Is to write a story that could have that wide of an wide of an appeal? I think it is because I've read I've read a lot of things where it's kind of like the writer kind of gets... They, they kind of get a little high on what they're writing where they're like, oh, it's going to be the most intellectual thing in the whole world! And then the point flies over everybody's head. But at the same time, if you make the point too obvious, people who are older, people like me or older, will find it um, annoying to watch because they don't want to be preached at like that. They want to have something to figure out, something to grow with. Mm-hmm. And I feel that's hard to incorporate that and still make it easy enough for really young kids to understand. Not saying that kids aren't smart, but you know, they're not they're not where like older people are. Yeah, and I definitely think that the Owl House really I and I think I read, you know, they say it's kinda good for I think maybe ages ten and up or or Yeah, like twelve and up. Or twelve and up. Yeah, and I definitely see that and I know some people say that there are some scary elements in it, you know, maybe for younger kids. Um there's no gore, there's no really anything over the top like that. But yeah, I, I definitely see why it has its appeal. And I guess as we talk about the show We'll kind of get two perspectives, you know, your perspective of it, my perspective of it, and uh, I don't know if you talk with anybody who's younger who could, you know, who if you heard their opinion, but we'll definitely talk about it. So if you had to give everybody out there a really quick pitch, you know, really quickly, what is the Owl House? Owl House is um, found family in um, a cool magic world. Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. It, it, it most certainly is. And the main character, of course, is Luz. And, you know, it's basically her story of finding this magical realm and really just finding her way there. And I think and I think that's I think that's what really makes this show great is yeah, there's comedy and there's cool magic in it and funny characters and everything. But I like the fact that I think at the heart of the story, it's sort of like, well, at least the way I I look at it, I feel at the heart of the story, it's that it's absolutely 100% okay to be an individual, to be who you are, and there's nothing wrong with that. What's kind of your take on the the message of Owl House? Yeah, something pretty similar. I think um, it's pretty much just be who you want to be, like... There's one character who who wants to do magic that's not as powerful or not as widely ap- a- applicable as another sort of form of magic, but that's what she wants to do. So she kind of learns, hey, it's okay to do what I want to do and to be good at it. And then there's another character who's kind of like feeling pressured from her parents, feeling pressured from her ob- older siblings, and she's just trying to learn how to be herself. And then you have Ida, who's kind of like the caretaker witch and then she is kind of just she's kind of learned that lesson and she's trying to want to help lose to learn it too so basically you know like we said you know the cartoon starts off is we see lose in the human world and nobody gets her at all like she doesn't fit in but i do like in that first episode that you know i think it's like she's in the principal's office she had given a report or something uh she gives very uh i don't want to say accurate reports she gives very dramatic reports i yeah, guess yeah she does like she does like 
her her book reports are like dramatic readings, and then in science class, instead of dis- like after she dissects things, she likes to sew all the parts together. Like she made a griffin that was a pigeon head and like a rat body, and like had wings and had spiders stuffed inside of it. So yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is you know, obviously this is a, a, like or as the adults in in the real world see it, this is an ongoing problem with with Luz, and I really like that. Really, right up until she discovers, you know, this magical realm, she doesn't want to give up being who she is. Yeah, because like even um, because they're supposed to send her to like it's not like normal camp. Or yeah, like something. normal camp because like in shows that I would watch when I was a kid, it would be military school that they would send them to. But right, now, right. So it's that kind of equivalent where she's being sent to, and her mom says like, "Oh, you're gonna have to learn to be like all the other kids," and she's like, "But I like." putting anime clips to pop music and i'm like you know what she's doing the lord's work just let her do it <laughs> yeah and we definitely find out some other things because i know in the in the grom episode uh she talks about going to her school dance dressed as an otter an otter with a dark side <laughs> with a dark side um yeah and then she really so i, I kind of forget why why does she finally agree to go to uh, this quote-unquote normal camp like to learn to kind of conform i think that's what it is i think it's actually a conformity camp like why did she finally agree to it i forget i think it's just her mom was like she didn't like her mom isn't mean she didn't like put her foot down say you're going but i think it was something where the mom kind of said like you kind of have to go and lose like okay yeah and i think you know i mean and that's kind of the one thing that i do like about this show is that the mom is not like you know oh i'm at my wits end with you what am i gonna do with you i mean she she does say that she she loves the fact that loses an individual and she loves her creativity but i think it's more fear loses mom and i think her name is camilla i think camilla's fear is that if Luz doesn't learn how to conform, she's going to be an outsider. And I think that's what it is. It's not It's not so much as she, it's like, you know, Luz, you have to be normal and do this and do that. It's, oh my God, I don't want you to be alone. I think that's kind of her fear. Yeah. So, you know, she's, she's about to go away to conformity camp or normal camp, whatever it is. And then um, an owl comes and steals her book, right? Yeah. She steals her good witch Azura book and then she um, follows it into this old shack and then in the shack there's a door and she, oh she ends up in the wizard world no, the, burning, not, the burning the burning Isles. Yeah, yeah she ends up in the burning Isles uh, which is a magical realm and uh, the first person she meets is uh, Ida the owl woman and lady, the owl the lady. owl lady sorry and this is really where where the adventure for Luz begins and. You know, I guess it's a good time to start talking about characters and, well, Luz is the main one, but yeah, let's just start talking about Luz. I, you know, I, I think on the surface you would look at it as like, well, Luz is just a weirdo. I think in this series, you know, and especially, you know, really with everything from, from this first episode all the way through, I think Luz is probably, and even comparing it to other fictional characters i think Luz is one of the bravest characters i've i've ever seen what do you think yeah because it's not like it she's she kind of has that that samwise gamgee braveness to her where his braveness isn't like aragorn fighting in the war Mm -hmm. his braveness is like 
being there for Frodo and being there for the people he loves. And I think Luz, of course, is there for the people she cares about. She's there for Willow, Gus, Amity, Ida. But she's there for herself. And she never compromises that. So I think that kind of, like, braveness to be who she is always is kind of, like, what makes her brave. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, from being in the principal's office and, you know, getting that talking to about, I guess, a report she did where she actually brought in live snakes. Um, you know, she she just is, like, she doesn't see what the fuss is about and, like, this is who she is. And to discover this magical world and not be scared by it to actually be fascinated by it and, and want to stay there. And even... Okay, so she definitely doesn't want to conform to the human world. But I also feel that even though she loves um, the Burning Isles and she loves this idea of becoming a witch, yeah, I feel that, you know, in this magical world, like, she doesn't conform in the human world. And I don't feel that she really conforms there because, first of all, there's the notion that humans can't do magic which she disproves and there's also the notion that you know one of the themes that runs or not one of the themes like one of the plot lines that that runs here is that there's i don't know how many different forms or schools of magic there are like seven or nine or or however many there are and the rule in in the burning isle is is you go to school and it's like i'm gonna do illusionism i'm going to do potions i'm going to do sort of like plant-based magic and that's it you know and once you uh you know it's like you're on a coven track and once you get accepted into this coven you're actually blocked from all their forms of magic uh of course the only other ones that this doesn't happen to are members of the uh, was it the emperor's the emperor's coven Coven and Ida herself who's refused to join a coven because she doesn't feel that that's the way magic goes so she definitely like she she doesn't conform like she fits in in the magical world but yet she's still very much an individual what do you what do you think yeah no i i I agree okay no problem um so what do you think about her relationship with Ida? well let's talk about Ida a little bit what do you think of the character of Ida, the uh the owl lady um i really like Ida. i think i think she's um She's a good kind of like caretaker mm-hmm. for Luz. Um, I like I like I like how they made her like oh she's different and sassy, but like it's not it's not annoyingly done. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then like um, it's they 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 kind of they they give this heart to Ida, and they give they they show that Ida really loves Luz, and I think that's that's what makes their relationship work. She's not. Just there to be like, um, to be like, oh, she's the wacky old lady who lives in the owl shack. She's really there for Luz. She cares about her. She helps her out. Do you think she sees a lot of herself in Luz? Like the fact that Luz is such an individual, even though like she'll kind of make comments like, you know, oh, she's got that like unbridled enthusiasm. She'll just march headlong into things without thinking. I mean, I think she sees a lot of herself in Luz, in a young Luz. Yeah, especially since when Luz does go to Hexide and she sees that Ida did approach Principal Bump, his name is Principal Bump, and then, like, um, she she approached Principal Bump and said, I want to study all forms of magic, but, of course, Ida was denied and she was stuck in the potions track. So, 
I think, yeah, she sees a lot of herself in Luz, and I think a lot of the jokes where she's like, oh, she's so enthusiastic, is because Ida was like that as a kid, but she's too proud to admit that to King, because she knows King is going to tease her about it. Well, there you go. Let's talk about another character. So we have the King of Demons himself, King, who is really... I mean, he's just a soft, cute little thing. Yeah. Which, well, what is kind of your take on King and demons? Because we do see demons in this realm, but they're not really your typical demons. So, what's kind of your take on King? Um. Well, first, I'll talk about like King as like a demon. Like, interestingly, because I, I I saw this fan theory online where they said that the Emperor turned all the demons from like demons into like cute little things you see king has a book of demons and they're all like these horrible monsters but then they actually meet a demon and he's just like this cute little monkey guy Mm -hmm. and later on when a basilisk demon infiltrates the school one i don't know if it's scara or willow she goes oh i thought they were extinct meaning that somebody did something to the demons so Mm -hmm. but king is a character i really like king because even though lewis has willow and gus Mm-hmm. King is her best friend. And I think because King, more so than Willow and Gus, I think he is an outsider. He's an outsider even with Ida. Sure, Ida loves King, mm-hmm. but Ida sometimes teases him a little too much. Yeah, And I think Luz can relate to that, where, um, especially seeing that like in her own mother. Like, yeah, her mother doesn't tease her, but she feels like her mother isn't disappointed in her. What's the word? But like... Like you were saying, like just wants her to be okay. Yeah, and I think that's what it is. Yeah, I, I, I think that's what it is. Is that you know, lose like losing her mom. The relationship there is that. Yeah, she she. I think loses mom does because the thing is the, the thing is that I see in lose is is I I why why I will never say that I ever had like her bravery. I mean, again, she's probably one of the like bravest characters out there. Um. You know, a lot of her individuality and curiosity and, and all that, you know, I, and just the quirkiness, like I see myself and, and I think, you know, just like Ida sees a lot of herself in Luz, I think Luz's mom, you know, Luz, I mean, because we don't know a lot about Luz's mom, maybe Luz's mom as a child was very creative and individualistic, but then like most children, she she grew up and she lost a lot of that. And and I and I think you know with King it's the same way is you know he he sees himself as this big powerful demon even though he's basically like a stuffed animal yeah and and I think that's what it is is is, is I think they just want to make sure you know that he's okay as well and I think you're right I think that's why they're they're really the two outsiders Luz and King and I think that's why they get along so well but you also mentioned her other friends Willow and Gus. Um, why, why do you think, you know, again, Luz as a very unique person and, and as a human, the only human in this realm, Willow and Gus just like take to her instantly. Like why, like, how do you see the relationship between the three of them? How, how did that kind of evolve so quickly? I think because, um, I think because we say it with every character, but Willow and Gus, they're, they're outsiders at the school hex side. Mm -hmm. Willow, um... Willow was famous on the Boiling Isles for being not naturally good at magic, like all other witchlings are. Because most witchlings, they they take to magic easily, and then they, they do well at Hexide. But Willow had a lot of trouble with it, except for plant magic. But her parents um, wanted her 
to do abominations for whatever mm-hmm. reason they both thought. And Gus, Gus is like a prodigy. He's amazing at magic, but being a prodigy means he's the youngest kid at the school. And you know what senior is going to want to hang out with the freshman, you know? So I feel like Willow and Gus kind of got, they, 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 they gravitated towards each other because they were both outsiders in that sense. And when they see a third outsider come in, they just kind of adopt her as part of the group. And, I mean, I think Luz clicks with them right away, too. I mean, Gus, of course, has the fascination with humans. Yeah. He's the president of the... It's like Human Appreciation Society. The Human Appreciation Society. And, you know, Willow is just very genuinely a very sweet person. And, you know, I think it is, you know, when... I think it's, it's when she is in the abom- abomination tract and failing miserably at it and Luz... You know, again, shows up to be the abomination, to be her abomination, and and again, you know, going into a school of magic where she's the only human, uh, she's really not allowed in there. But just you know, no, no worries, friend. I'll be there for you no matter what. Um, that was actually a really great episode because I love it when they tested Luz as an abomination, and I think Principal Bump was like, "Abomination, lie," and Luz told a lie instead of lying down. That was awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I just I, I absolutely see why you know why the three of them get along so well together. Um, there's another witch at the school that who's also very very important, and that's Amity. Amity. That's Amity. Yes, Amity Blight. Go ahead. <laughs> um, Amity, I really like Amity because she's um, she's living in the shadow of her two older siblings who are amazing at magic, but they're also troublemakers, so they like to pick on her. So it's kind of like it's a two pronged um, <laughs> attack on Amity, and um, that's what you hear from interviews with Dana Terrace and what you'll see in season two. I haven't seen season two, but um, I know that her parents are very rough on her. In fact, the reason why her hair is green is because her older sibling's hair is green and her mom made her dye it so she matches. Also, too, you know, we see in one of the episodes that her and Willow actually used to be very good friends. And we do see a scene where, I think it was the one where they were learning how to make uh, pictures from memories. Yeah. And there was the memory, I guess, I don't know if it was... It was at Amity's Amity's birthday because her parents said, Willow has to leave. Like, she's not, like, her family isn't good enough. She's not a good enough witch to be friends with you. Choose from these three witches that we have decided are okay to hang out with you. And, you know, and and uh, Amity is like, you know, but they're mean. I don't like them. You know, Willow is my friend. And we learned that the reason there's such a division between the two of them, you know, Willow never really knew why Amity stopped being her friend. But Amity's parents say, you know, well, if you if you don't stop being friends with her, we'll make sure she never gets into Hexside. And, you know, that's the sacrifice that Amity made is, you know, to stop being friends with her so Willow could go to school and, and you know, eventually go on to become something. Um, what do you think, though, when Amity first saw Luz and, you know, kind of her her take on Luz when she first saw this human because it definitely seemed like very a very kind of frosty reception like but their relationship definitely changed but kind of like how did their relationship start and and where did that relationship go uh throughout this show throughout the series um i think definitely when amity saw Luz 
I think she really felt threatened because she kind of says it in the convention episode where after they have their little witches duel, she's like, you can't be here because humans can't do magic. And I think she took that personally because if her parents found out that a human can do magic better than her, she'll never hear the end of it. Mm-hmm. So I think it was kind of this thing where she's being attacked by her parents constantly. And the moment a new not like a new threat shows up, she needs she needs to get rid of it so that she could be okay. Because I think like years of like abuse from her parents kind of did make her like those witches she didn't want to be like, she didn't want to be friends with. Mm-hmm. And I think um, and I definitely think that Luz getting her back in touch with Willow and introducing her to Gus and to Ida definitely opened her up. You really see as the series goes on that Amity does start to become nice again, or nice for the first time to the viewers, but like to Willow, Willow starts seeing her as being nice again. Eventually they do become something of friends again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because Luz didn't care that Amity was mean. She saw somebody who was mean and didn't say, oh, well, like, they're mean, I'm not going to talk to them. But she could tell, like, oh, there's there's something wrong with Amity and it's not right just to let her suffer through it alone. I'll try to be her friend. Yeah, and I mean, and also, too, I mean, she did find out that um, Amity also read, uh, what is it, Azura? The Good Witch Azura. The Good Witch Azura. You know, they did bond over that. And, you know, the fact that after the duel, which it's kind of unclear really how, because really both sides did cheat. And and I think that was the thing is that Amity didn't know that she was cheating because Lilith... Uh, Put the power glyph on her. Right. Uh, Edith's, sister, Edith's sister Lilith, you know, to, to make sure that, that Amity won, put the power glyph on her. Um but that's the thing is that, you know, Luz, Luz didn't make fun of her. Luz didn't... Luz actually comforted her even though Amity was like a bit standoffish to her. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing seeing that hurt that she had that like, you know, she has to be good. Because I think also too, she says, you know, I think you know, she does say that, you know, you're a human. Humans can't do magic. She's like, but I know. She's like, I could see in you you're not going to let that stop you. You're going to work really, really hard. And, you know, and I think she saw that not, like, she she did see it as a threat, but I think she also respected it a lot because she works hard at magic. Yeah. But I definitely think that everything that happens from her parents kind of did turn that good intention sour, like with everything else that happened in her life. Absolutely. But definitely as, you know, Luz just openly accepts her, you know, and, and again, like you said, reunites her with Willow, introduces her to Gus, you know, she meets Ida, she meets King, she meets Hootie, you know, um, it, it does kind of open her up to the point that when we get to the uh, to the Grom episode, Grom which episode, is which yeah. is which is prom, um, you know, we definitely see a change, a big change in Amity, and you know, what what was kind of the turning point there where we noticed because uh, that was a really good episode, the Grom episode. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't know, if, I don't know if we should talk about it. I feel like people should, people should discover it on their own. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, actually, that's true. We really don't want to give too, too many spoilers. Um, so I think another, and I know this is one of your favorite characters, another very important character is the Owl House itself, Hootie. So, you know, you're, you're more the expert, so I'll let you talk about Hootie a little bit. <laughs> I think Hootie 
Hootie is the ultimate outsider. Everybody hates Hootie. Even, like, Luz doesn't hate Hootie, but she's not friends with Hootie. Hootie is the ultimate outsider. And I feel like, you know, I don't know, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like if, 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 if you were a certain type of person in high school or middle school, you'll definitely gravitate to Hootie like I did. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't know. I feel like, I kind of hope that in season two they give a Hootie a friend. And because Hootie not only definitely deserves it, but also like what kind of show about acceptance would be a show about acceptance if like the weirdest character didn't get a friend. But um, I think, you want to know who I think his, his friend's going to be? Who? Lilith. Okay, so that's going to lead us into Lilith. So Lilith is, of course, Ida's sister, younger sister, I believe. Yes. And throughout a majority of the season is her main antagonist. Um, we learn a lot about Lilith. I mean, Lilith always had to be the best, you know, living in Ida's shadow. Ida was just such a naturally gifted witch, I feel, and really in touch with magic in general and... You know, we find out that uh, they both wanted to be in the uh, Emperor's Coven, but in order, you know, we, we see in an episode, in order, there was, they basically said, well, there's only one spot left. You're going to have to duel. And you, Lilith. Was, Let's just say she, she cheats. She was so determined to win that she wanted to cheat, or she does cheat. Uh, and Ida was like, no, I'm not going to fight my sister. And, you know. But it was too late. She yeah. cheated and something really bad happened. We won't say. But it's it's very it's definitely very key to to pretty much the, the entire show and to the entire season. And you know, I mean, I think Lilith does redeem herself at the end. I mean, do you think she fully redeems herself at by the end of season one? No. What um she, that is the I'm sorry. Now she needs to redeem herself. Okay. I feel Fair like enough. I feel like a lot of um, a lot of people when they try to write a redemption for a character, they end it at the "I'm sorry," but the "I'm sorry" isn't good enough because you still haven't changed. So I mm. feel like, and not to say that being friends with Hootie is the punishment, but I feel like being nice to Hootie is the first step on her path to being redeemed. No. All right, that's pretty good. Well, it's definitely something to look forward to in season two. So, kind of before we wrap things up here, uh, if if you do, you, do you see like in in this show and all the characters, uh, especially I guess like the, the kids, you know, Luz, Gus, Willow, Amity, and some of the other kids that we see in the school. Can you like you know? Of course, don't name names, please. But like, do you see either yourself or your friends? Like, you know, did you know a Gus? Did you know a Willow? Did you know an Amity? Like, is is it pretty? You know, for for kids in that age group, like that, you know, teenage, you know, middle school, high school age group, can they identify with these characters even though they are magical? Oh, definitely, you can. I mean, like, um, I can't. I'm sure, like my friends can could 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 relate to any one of these characters, but um, yeah, no, I think I think everybody there's somebody out there you can relate to, or you can relate to all of the characters for different reasons. I feel like I do that a lot more, but of course, I love my man Hootie, and um, yeah, 
<laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And and like I said, I, I definitely, while I would never say I had the courage of Luz, I definitely think I had some of her quirkiness. But I definitely see other aspects of other characters that, um, you know, throughout this show that I, I definitely can identify with. So overall... Um, you know, how would this compare with some of the other animated shows that you've seen? Like, where where does this kind of rank for you? Um, ooh, that's 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 a tough question because I feel like I'm I'm biased. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't put this at number one because I feel like Legend of Korra is too important of me to dethrone as number one. So I'd say it's 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 number two. Wow, well, that's pretty high then. Um. Yeah, and it's definitely it was a great it was a great show, and I definitely feel it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, I think you know, ages ten and up. I think that's pretty appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alrighty, well, we definitely had a lot of fun talking about the Owl House, and season one is on Disney Plus. Season two is currently on Disney Channel, but like Cassie said, a few episodes are going to be released onto Disney Plus shortly, and. You know, I'd say keep an eye on it and definitely check it out. And guys, as always, head on over to Instagram. Stuff you don't need to know is there. Post pictures about the content that I talk about. Know it all. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you guys later.